In January 2006, 20-year-old Derek Comrie from Hartford, Connecticut went to a basketball game. While he was sitting in the passenger seat of his friend's car, a stranger approached and shot him. On June 7th, 2014, 19-year-old Ariel Morgan was attending a block party in Berkeley County, South Carolina to celebrate the end of the school year. There, she too was shot to death and her killer has never been caught. On September 12, 2019, Ernie Ortiz was found dead outside of the restaurant he owned in Garden City, Kansas. Investigators believe that he had been shot to death during a robbery as he was closing his shop for the night. These are just a couple examples of cold case homicides that investigators work to solve every day in the United States. It doesn't even include missing persons, fugitives, or other criminal activities. But federal, state, and local crime agencies have found a fascinating way to expand their resources to get a little closer to closing their cases. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Episode 5, Cold Case Playing Cards on Dying to be Found, The Dash. Hi everyone, this is Deb from Dying to be Found. Before we get started, I just wanted to say that episodes contain disturbing discussions on harmful acts and crimes against animals and or humankind. Recordings are not intended for young or sensitive audiences due to the content nature of this podcast. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hi everyone, this is Deb, your host from the true crime podcast, Dying to be Found. Welcome to D2BF's mini episode series called The Dash, where twice a month I'll bring you bonus solo episodes or talk to fellow podcasters or true crime enthusiasts. Thank you so much for everyone who's emailed me, shared, or commented on The Dash. Honestly, this is going so much better than I ever imagined, but please continue letting me know what you think of our D2BF Dash series. You can do this by going to our show notes to see how you can get in touch. Otherwise, look for us on all the socials and drop a comment. Also, if you have a short true crime story you want to hear, let me know and I'll get working on it right away. You can always let me know now how we're doing by clicking on that follow button. Be sure to rate, review, and consider buying us a coffee so we can continue to bring quality episodes. If you're a true crime podcaster or work in the true crime industry and want to be featured on an episode of The Dash, send me your email and I'll send you information on how to get on one of our future episodes. So here's my question for you today. How often do you go to the casino to play a little blackjack or poker or sit around with friends playing cards? What kind of deck do you use? Did you know that at least 18 states in the U.S. use a special deck of cards to send out information on cold cases? These decks are called cold case playing cards and each deck consists of 52 unsolved crime cases that authorities need your help in solving. Many of the cases highlighted on the cards range from unsolved homicides to missing persons. Although there are hundreds of cards not highlighted in the playing cards distributed throughout the 18 states, investigators still feel this program is a gateway to gaining leads and closing some of their files. 
Believe it or not, playing cards featuring criminal cases date all the way back to the Civil War. This tactic continued through World War II, where U.S. military officials created special cards to distribute amongst the troops to, one, give them a pastime activity, and two, to help them memorize foreign enemies. Pretty ingenious, if you ask me. Most recently, the U.S. military issued a newer set of playing cards featuring high-profile criminals such as Saddam Hussein and people directly linked to him. By 2007, Special Agent Tommy Ray, based out of Florida, came up with the concept of playing cards that would feature unsolved cases. All this came about when he was sitting in a meeting, brainstorming on active and cold cases from around the state. Ray believed it would be beneficial to manufacture playing cards that could be distributed to inmates in the Florida Department of Corrections system. Apparently, the agency Tommy Ray worked for liked the idea and worked quickly with district attorneys throughout the state to identify which cold cases would be featured on a deck of cards. The agency felt the best avenue to distribute the cards would be throughout Florida's correction facilities. Within three months of distributing those cards to inmates, three cold cases were solved. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, folks, but you need to start somewhere, and to me, this is an incredible number. Once word got around on some of Florida's successes in cold case playing card distribution, other states began to follow suit. As I mentioned, 18 states actively participate in stocking these cards in their prison systems. As of 2022, cold case playing cards are no longer limited to the United States because Australia has also jumped on board to adopt this program and is sponsored by Crime Stoppers, an anonymous tip line that anyone can contact to provide information on crimes throughout the world. Not-for-profit organizations are also beginning to pop up to help distribute playing cards. In 2009, Ryan Backman lost his father to a violent crime, which compelled him to start Project Cold Case, a not-for-profit company that helps families of unsolved homicides and suspicious deaths, also in the state of Florida. There are many different ways these unsolved case playing cards are distributed. As I mentioned, military outlets still use use these cards to print details of war criminals and other identified enemies, which began back in 2003 when the world was on the hunt for Saddam Hussein and members of his regime. According to Forensic Magazine, Rhode Island distributed 5,000 decks throughout their Department of Corrections system in December 2018. By July 2019, the Utah Cold Case Coalition also created cards to distribute within their Department of Corrections system. Project Cold Case, the not-for-profit organization started by Ryan Backman, distributes these cards to poker rooms, tattoo parlors, and craft breweries throughout Florida to spread awareness. This is just a small list of agencies that actively put cards out to gain exposure on unsolved crimes. Ultimately, cold case playing cards are considered a success amongst the states who are participating in this program. Authorities continue to remain hopeful that distributing, and I'll call these true crime playing cards, will continue to help bring cold cases to a close. The cases chosen to be highlighted range from unsolved mysteries to violent crimes, missing or exploited persons, and fugitive alerts. Investigators from Connecticut say it's a win-win because, quote, it's like interviewing 93,000 inmates for new leads and it's worked wonders, unquote. The reason a lot of these playing cards are getting solved is pretty simple. 
Inmates like to brag or swap stories as to why they're in their current position and in prison in the first place. Of course, other inmates think that they can get something in return, like some added incentives for calling in tips to the free phone number listed on the deck. Some of the incentives that I found, but are by no means a sure thing, include better food or even access to education or rehab programs. Okay, folks, am I wrong here? I don't consider either of these an obstacle. First of all, human rights, but how many times have you heard of inmates receiving a degree while behind bars? All right, I'm going to add my opinion here for just a split second. If you know me well enough, you know I'm an advocate for educating people. I feel that there is a better chance of rehabilitation when you allow those education programs when people are incarcerated. Otherwise, I'm thinking the only obstacle that prisons are facing are budgets. Regardless, incentives are somewhat of a given here. Inmates are more susceptible to come forward with information, especially if they know that there's something in it for them because in the whole scheme of things, we as humans are selfish and always want to know what's in it for us. Am I right? The list of positive feedback in these cold case playing cards definitely outweigh the negatives, but here's one promising little tidbit on the effectiveness of installing a cold case playing card program. Connecticut prisons have received over 770 tips since 2010, which has led to further investigating about 7% of their cases. Of course, this number is relatively low, but you've got to start somewhere, and I'm saying solving even one case is a big win. There are some downsides to these cards. You might be wondering why only 18 out of 50 states actively support this program. Even though the pros do outweigh the cons, there are still concerns that violence can increase, especially when we're talking about prison systems here. Some jurisdictions say that although these playing card programs are a great concept, they do contain some negative setbacks. For example, the Butler County system out of Ohio actually removed these cards from their penal system due to security issues inside the jail. Why, you ask? Because criminals are behind bars for a reason. They don't follow society's rules. And in the instance of Butler County jails, inmates were using the playing cards to block the locking mechanisms to their cells. Have you seen the last several episodes of Orange is the New Black? And do you remember what happened when inmates take over the facility? So, for obvious reasons, Ohio jails put the program on hold until they could come up with a better way to use cold case playing cards to their advantage. Other concerns about these cold case playing cards is how the information provided by inmates proves to be more unreliable than helpful. Delaware officials cite that nearly 50% of the informant's testimony proves to be false, mostly due to those incentives I discussed earlier earlier. And I'm not sure there are more incentive programs than just better food or self-improvement programs. Heck, I've learned that if you just give someone a lollipop, they're happy and will do anything for that freebie. Secondly, we know snitches get stitches and many prison systems are dealing with just that which adds to the fact that prisoners and jail officials don't need inmates to police themselves. Like I mentioned, cold case playing cards are not limited to the United States. Shout out to my friends and listeners in Australia because you have these too. 
New South Wales jail systems introduced cards in 2022 after friends and family members of victims tried for over five years to get these programs off the ground. As far as any other countries who have this program in place, again, I really couldn't find much information on this. I do believe there are some international versions for fugitives or crimes overseas, but there's just not a global effort yet to distribute this type of card around the world. Let me end by giving you a couple of incidents where cold case playing cards have been a success. In 2007, a friendly game of Go Fish amongst Florida prisoners produced tips that led to the arrest of one of their cases on that deck. As of today, Connecticut alone has solved over 20 cases using these cards. One of those cases is that of Derek Comrie, one of the cases I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. Derek was the young man who had attended that basketball game and was shot by the stranger while he was sitting in the passenger side of his friend's car. An inmate who was serving time in the Connecticut prison system came forward to provide information on Derek's case after a card game with fellow inmates. This tipster had purchased a deck of cold case cards from the commissary, say that 10 times fast, and saw Derek's case on the deck. He remembered hearing a fellow inmate bragging about shooting Derek back in 2006 and contacted that tipster line provided on the card. This case was solved and Derek's killer received a 37-year sentence. Well, that's the story of cold case playing cards. I tried to find a list of all the states that have these cards in their correction systems, but couldn't find it all in one spot. I would suggest that you Google this to see if your state has the cold case playing card program and write to your state and local officials if it doesn't. You can refer them to this episode of Dying to be Found, the Dash, to find out what they need to know about how effective this program is and what things they need to avoid. If you have any agencies interested in featuring cold cases on playing cards, please have them contact Project Cold Case at 904-525-8080 or email info at projectcoldcase.org. You can contact the Federal Department of Corrections to inquire how cases can be featured on cards from your own state. If you're wondering where you can find a deck of cold case playing cards, Amazon or eBay are your best bets. Distribution is limited mainly to the prison systems unless you live in Florida. Then you can stop by your local brewery or tattoo parlor. All right, you all. Let me know your thoughts on this episode. If you have a storyline you'd like to specifically hear on the dash, let me know that too. Don't forget, if you want to hear less of me and more collabs, shoot me your email and I'll get you on that dash lineup. Until next time, be sure to click on the links in our show notes to find out more about this podcast and check us out every Wednesday on the dash and every Thursday when I get together with my family members. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Dying to be Found, true crime podcast and our Dash mini series. Every week, we'll bring you a variety of true crime episodes, a little dash of hope, plus special bonus episodes with some really cool guests. Before we go, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends and give us a five-star review. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest at Dying to be Found or visit our website at dyingtobefound.com, spelled just like you see it in our logo. 
better yet, click on our Linktree account found in the show notes where you'll find all the information in one place. Be sure to dash in every Wednesday for our mini episodes, plus every Thursday when I get together with some of my family members. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon.